that. I don't really want it, but I'm sure it's good for me. And, and so, in just that whim of I'm going to be healthy now, you order the healthy choice. And it comes, and nobody else at the table ordered the healthy choice. They ordered what they wanted. And so you're disappointed pretty much the whole meal, but you, okay, well, I was going to be healthy. It's good for me. I guess I better do that. And uh, it's not what I really want to do, but that's what I'm going to do and because it's the, the right thing to do. A lot of times in discipleship, that's what we do. Well, it's, the good, it's good for me. I need to do it. You can get your Bibles out, your sermon notes out. We're in a, a, just a, a series called Activate. It's all about discipleship. We're called in the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28. It'll be on the screen. To make disciples. We took that very seriously at the, as the church. What do we do to make disciples? We're called to baptize. Next Sunday we'll be baptizing people right down here in front of the cross. It's going to be awesome. If you want to be baptized, sign up for that. Then we teach them everything Christ commanded to do. Everything? Wow, that's a lot. What is it? And so we boiled it down to eight principles that we kept talking about coming back to. And, and we need to be active in these things in our life. And we talked about loving God, being active in our love. Active in our love for one another. We love God. We love others. We're active in our church family. And, and so those are things that are, we've already talked about. You can go back and listen online for free and, and get all those. But today I want to talk to you about your devotional life. Having an active devotional life. Having an active quiet time. And immediately we're like, oh, I really don't want to hear about this. I don't pray like I should. I don't read my Bible like I should. And let me just say, I'm right there with you. You say, really, Pastor Darrell? I mean, you, you too. it's like, I don't think any of us, to be honest with you, are satisfied with our prayer time, are satisfied with our devotional life. I think we all want to do it more. We all want a connector, closer connection to God. We, we all desire that. And, and, and sometimes we don't even want to read the Bible, but it's good for us. It's healthy. We know we should pray, and I, I don't really want to, but I, I guess I'll go ahead and do it. And and it's not really what I want to do, but I'm going to determine to do it. And sometimes we go with that kind of attitude that it's just healthy. And a lot of times we do it because we feel guilty. It's like, oh, I just, I know I should do it. And probably the same reason you order that healthy meal. I just feel guilty. And I, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and do it this time. But I want to tell you that God loves it when you pray and when you spend time with him. See, when you, when you read the Bible from front to back, you'll realize one thing, that it's all about relationship. God desires a relationship with you. It's not that we wanted a relationship with him. We never really had that desire, did we? We kind of wanted to do our own thing. But listen to me, from the front of the book to the back of the book, everything in between in the Bible, listen to me. Jesus wants to know you. He died for you. He came for you. Everything is about you. He loves you. That is the nature of God. The nature of God is love. And He loves you. The problem is, what is our nature? Sin. We don't want that relationship with God. We want to do what we want to do. We want to openly rebel against God, but we need that relationship so bad. And we know that we need that relationship. And so, okay, I guess I'll pray. I guess I'll, I'll go to the Lord and read his word and let him speak to me. But I want to tell you today that God loves it when you do. So often we have the wrong concept of God. How many of you think of God like this? You come to church, 
awesome worship today. God's doing great things. You hear a story about prayer from Andy like that, so you want to start praying more. And you hear this message, and you're like, okay, I'm going to pray. And you get home tonight, and for five minutes before you go to bed, God, I love you. I, I want to pray more. I want to be with you more. And, and, and just you start talking to God, and, and, and then you think God is in heaven going, really? Five minutes at the end of the day? Are you kidding me? I give you life, I give you breath, I give you everything, and you give me five lousy minutes out of your life. Are you kidding me? How many of you think of God like that? You wouldn't raise your hand and you wouldn't say so, but a lot of us do. A lot of us think God is like that. But the reality is, listen to me, He loves you. He loves your voice. And any time you open His Word, any time you... you, you Speak your voice to him in prayer. He's listening. And instead of going, are you kidding me? He's going, look, angels, come look. Look who's talking to me. I haven't heard that voice. No, I love that voice. And God loves it when we spend time with him. We have to have that kind of relationship. We were on vacation uh, for 10 days. Actually, been gone for a couple weeks. I was speaking at a conference in Kansas City. Came home, picked up the family, and, and headed out on vacation. We had a great time. Do you want to know why we had a great time? No agenda whatsoever. Made a little list of things we wanted to do, but basically woke up every morning and said, hey, guys, what do you want to do? What do you want to do today? And if it was raining, we'd do certain things. If it was sunny, we'd do other things. And I want to tell you, my heart is full because we got so close. I can't tell you what it's like to have all those days and 24 hours a day with your kids and with Leslie, and just, just doing whatever we wanted to do. And there was just something so good about that. And I felt so close to all of them. In fact, when we, we dropped Matthew off at his uncle and aunt's in northern Minnesota, and, and I was driving up there and dropped uh, Matthew off. He's our 13-year-old, and I'm dropping him off. And I don't know, parents, and we can be honest here for a moment. When we drop our kids off at somebody else's house for a week, it's like, woohoo, party time. You know, just like... We're getting rid of our kids. This is awesome, you know, and uh, just, you know, okay, don't get so holy. I mean, that's what happens. You know that's what happens, so don't, don't. It was like, oh, no, not me. Yes, 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 you. But, uh, but to be honest with you, this time, I was dropping him off, and I had to, like, I had to leave because I'm like, I'm getting choked up because we've just been so close for all these days. I don't want him to go. I feel connected to him, I, I, and, and he's not crying. I'm, I'm crying. My little... The 13-year-old man who's growing up, and I love being around, and, and i got to leave him now because we were so close, and, and there's something about relationship. I can't explain it. That's the type of relationship God wants with you. See, it's, a lot of times we think about quality time or quantity time, and, and we think of relationships in, in that way, but it's, it's not really about the time that builds the relationship because your relationships are set your relationship is that Matthew's my son, whether we're close or whether we're distant. Matthew's my child. He will always be my child. Whether we're on speaking terms or not, he will always be my son. I will always be his dad. That is set in our family. For our children, for my marriage relationship with Leslie, those relationships are set no matter how it's going. So it's not about relationship. It's really, listen to me, about communion. It's about fellowship. It's about being close. And that's what God wants. You don't get a better relationship with God. 
You don't become more a child of God if you pray, if you read your Bible. You don't, he doesn't become more God the Father. It's just that you're in communion with Him. You're united with Him. There's relationship with Him. We don't just eat healthy one time so we'll feel good and get rid of the guilt. No, we make that a lifestyle so that something transforms and something changes inside of us. And when we go to God's Word, it's meant to transform us. It's meant to change us. It's meant when we go to God's Word and we pray and we let Him speak to us, something happens. It says in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. We're called to be transformed. We're called to be changed. Listen to me. If you are not changed by the word of God, you will be changed into the pattern of this world. You do not want to be squeezed into a mold of this world. I don't want to be what I see on TV. I want to be what God says I am in his word. And so I need to be transformed to be like Christ, and that comes through his word, because I can either walk according to God's way or the world's way. And the world is based on desire, and God is based on love, and they are not the same. See, it says in 2 John chapter 2, verse 16, For all that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but of this world. I don't want to be ruled by my desires. If I am ruled by my desires, I will end up in destruction. Because listen to me, you will never be satisfied if you spend your whole life trying to meet the desires of the flesh. We watch the entire world go crazy trying to fulfill the desires of the flesh. And it leads to destruction in person after person after person. And God says, don't squeeze into that mold. Squeeze yourself into the mold of the Word of God. Into love. Put on love. Put off all the garbage, all the selfishness. Take that off and throw it away and put on love. Above all else, Colossians says in verse, chapter 3, to put on agape, to put on love. Take off the garbage. Put on love. Put on that selflessness. Put on the hope that we have in Christ. Put that on. Take off what the world is trying to give you and put that on. Why? Because we're to be transformed into the image of Christ. That's what spiritual transformation is. What would Christ do in my life if he lived my life? Uh, What would my life look like if he were I? How would my life change? All those things that I would be conformed into the image of Christ and it only happens when I put my mind and my heart in the word of God. When I spend that quiet time with him, that I wouldn't just do what, uh, what the world does, but I do what God wants me to do. And when I take that world way of doing things and I submit it to God's word, it breaks the power of the worldly way of thinking. When I submit to the word of God, it makes me into the image of Christ. And that's why we go to church and to Sunday school and the small group and we study God's word. That's why we do it. So we get squeezed into the mold that he has for us, that mold that looks like Jesus. We have to get into God's word. Now you can look at Psalm 119 this year. I love Psalm 119 this week. I mean, 
read it. It's the longest chapter in the, the Bible, so it might take you a year to read it. I'm not sure, but it's long. It's a love letter about God's Word. Everything is about God's Word. That God's Word quickens us or makes us alive. It restores us. That there's joy, that there's hope, that there's peace in God's Word. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. The Word of God is quick. It's powerful. It's alive. And when I put it inside of my mind, it changes me. It transforms me. It has the power, a new power in my mind, a power to change me to be more like Christ. I want you to begin to dive into God's Word. And so inside your Bibles, I've handed this out many times before, but it's a 10-minute daily quiet time that if you only have 10 minutes to give God, give Him 10 minutes and pray for a couple minutes and then read the Bible for five minutes. Give Him five minutes of of reading the Bible, just read one chapter or one passage. You read it with a highlighter. If you have any questions, bring them to church. Ask me. If I don't know the answer, we'll, we'll study it together. But, but I want you to, to go into God's Word. If you don't know where to start in the Bible, you can go to, to um, any of the Gospels. But I like Mark and, and John. I like going there first. Uh, James, a little later in the New Testament, is great. Maybe you want to do the Old Testament. Psalms and Proverbs are a great place to start. Go ahead and read. And then for three minutes, just spend some time with the Lord. Just spend some time saying, God, thank you for speaking to me through your word. The soap method, if you've got 20 minutes or a little bit more, this is how I get almost all my messages that I preach. Just studying God's word this way. I first of all take my journal and I write the scripture out that I'm going to read. Then I make observations about the scripture. You know, what, is this, what does the Bible tell me? And I write it down, just thing after thing. And then, then I, I, I just kind of get a page of that. And then I begin to apply it to my life and to life in general and squeezing our life into the pattern of Scripture. And so you apply it and then you have a prayer. You can say the prayer, but I encourage you to write it out because then you can go back and remember what the Lord has spoken to you and, and, and you can go back to those prayers. And, and that's just some ways that you can do it. But I want you to get into God's Word. Many of you have your Bibles here today. If you don't have your Bible here, you probably got one at home. Or you have it on your phone or you have it on your iPad or if you don't have a Bible, we have one for you. Just right outside the door, on, that, on the other side of that wall, there's a bookshelf with Bibles. Just take one. We want you to have the Word of God. Because the Word of God is quick and it's powerful and it will change your life. What if you didn't know the Word of God? What if you didn't have the Bible written in your language? What would that be like? You've been told about God's Word. You've been told that He loves you. You've been told all these things about Jesus, but you, you'd never read it for yourself. I dropped Matthew off in northern Minnesota. I told you that. His uncle, Steve Salowitz, is actually the, the overseer for the seed company. They're a part of Wycliffe Bible Translators. And from northern Minnesota, if you can believe it, he oversees all the translation work in Africa. And he flies back and forth many times, and, and he was telling me of, of one of the, the ones that they released last year. He's telling me that the Bible translation is happening at an amazing record pace, and that we could, within the next five or ten years, have all the languages of all the world covered, that the whole Word of God can go out to the whole world. I mean, that's how fast things are happening with new technology. And so the, the Gamma people got their, their first Bible last year. And he was there. He goes, you got to come with me, Daryl, to see people read God's word for the first time in their own mother tongue. He said, there's nothing like it. 
And they had shot this video, and, and so they put it into a music video. And I'm going to show it to you here in just a moment. But it's, it, there's a song by Brenton Brown. He's a worship leader. He's actually from South Africa, but he now leads in uh, uh, Southern California. And um, he writes a lot of the worship songs. Chris Tomlin does some of his songs. And he wrote a song called The Word of God. And what they did is they took uh, the message of the song, The Word of God, and the lyrics on the screen as we watch it. But they took the videotape of the day that they released the Bible to the gamma. And I'm telling you, it was like, Steve goes, it's, when we release the Bible to people, it's like a party that you've never seen. It's just that life stops and they celebrate that they have the words of God in their language. And I want you to see what happens when, when somebody gets a Bible for the first time. We're going to watch this video, and then we'll close out our message and have some pizza. But I want you just to get this inside of your heart today, that the Word of God is alive, it is powerful, it is transforming, and it's what we're called to pattern our life after. Watch this video, and we'll end in just a moment. In June of 2012, the Gamma people got the Bible translated in their own language for the first time. And it's very hard not to see that and be stirred and inspired and just awakened again just to the the beauty and the hope that the gospel brings to us and it's efforts like this by the sea company uh, that make me just applaud them and cheer them on and want to uh, shout the cause and spread the cause of the sea company and the, uh, and the work that they're doing across the world Let's see.
Oh, man. The word of God never fails. Steve says, you got to come with me. you got to see it. There's nothing like it when somebody reads the word for the first time. God's speaking to them. We have so many Bibles in our house, in our life, in our culture. It's time to start getting that word inside of us. It's part of, a brain, part of our brain called the reticular activating system, RAS for short. It's the filter of the brain because we take everything in. Our senses see everything, feel everything. And it, it's a filter system so that we don't go crazy with everything we're taking in so that we can kind of filter out those other things. And it, it tells us what we should notice and shouldn't notice. And, and so that's how our brain works. It works through that RAS filter system. How it works is that um, when we come, and you're sitting by a lot of people this morning, and you probably don't notice much about them, but if there was somebody sitting next to you that had the exact same outfit on as you, you would recognize that. You'd go, oh, that's very awkward. They're dressed just like me. Or how many of you, when you drive your car down the street, you pass thousands of cars every day not noticing them, but if there's a car like yours and your color, your make, your year, your, like, oh, that's my car. It's something, because we're... We don't notice the thousands of others, but we notice that one because that's how our brain works. That's how God wired us. Listen to me. It's so important that we put the word of God in the front part of our brain so that we see God at work in this world, so that we see his kingdom, so that we can pray his kingdom come, his will be done. Because the kingdom of this world is in opposition to the kingdom of God. And that's why I have to have the word in my mind so that I can see what God wants me to see and that I can then do what God wants me to do. And he's always open for a conversation. So why don't we pray right now? Would you bow your heads and your hearts with me? And I want to just pray with you. I know the, actually, I apologize. The pizza's been here for a while, but some might be a little bit cold, but this is too important to pass up. Just with your head bowed and your eyes closed. I just want to make sure that you got that relationship with God because that's, that's where it all begins. It's not about being healthy or doing the right thing or I really, this is a good thing to do. It's that we need to be transformed by that relationship. Change, living in communion with God. And so I'm going to pray a prayer and, and if you want to have that right relationship with God, I'm just going to ask you to repeat this prayer after me. Remember, the nature of God is love. Our nature is sin. We've run away from that relationship that he provided through the love that he had for us, sending Jesus to the cross for our sin, that we may partake in new life as he rose from the dead. And if you want to have that relationship with God, I'm going to ask you to repeat these words after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I need your forgiveness. I believe that you died for my sins. I want to turn from my sins. I now invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name.